Hello, my name is Jonathan Marvis, and I am the host of the Colorado Entrepreneur Project, which is a podcast dedicated to sharing the stories of successful entrepreneurs from every town in Colorado. This is episode one, and in this episode, I had the honor of sharing the story of an entrepreneur from Westminster, Colorado, Orrin Bazell. He is a successful entrepreneur who started the business, the Air Force Guide Drone Services, which is a business that provides drone services for commercial projects, along with educational training for students who are looking to become commercial drone pilots themselves. So, ladies and gentlemen, sit back and relax because you're going to hear the inspiring story of how Oren was able to start his drone business at the age of 64, proving you're never too old to pursue your dream business. So, Oren, thank you again for being uh, the first guest in the Colorado Entrepreneur Project. Um, so, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, Oren? Um, yes, I um, I grew up in a uh, Air Force family. My father was career Air Force. Um, did a lot of traveling around the world, uh, a lot of the states, um, and uh, I've. Uh, had the opportunity to really meet a lot of different people, have a lot of different friends. And all. the only sad part about all of that is that, you know, there was that time when you had to leave when my father would have assignments and, and um, there you, you would um, have to have to uh, dissolve those things because, and a lot of those people I still to this day haven't, haven't seen or, or ran into. But um, anyways, after, uh, uh, living in Tennessee for a while. That's where my parents grew up. And after dad retired, that's where we winded up going back to, of course, Tennessee. Um, did high school there, uh, college, went to uh, East Tennessee State University in Johnson City, Tennessee. And then um, um, from there, joined the Air Force, where I was only going to go in for just a few years just to get some experience and what have you. But um, after um, uh, joining the Air Force, um, I winded up staying there for 18 years. Actually, I got out two years early because of a early retirement program that they had. But one of the things growing up in, in the uh, my father's household was that uh, being in the Air Force planes, and uh, at that time, remote control planes was something that was just so interesting to me. And my father would go out and buy my brother and I these uh, planes and we would spend hours flying them. The first plane I can remember that I flew actually had a really durable, heavy duty balloon that would go into the fuselage and you'd blow them up with a can of air and, and just let them go. And <laughs> you never knew where they was going to wind up, but that's where my love for airplanes uh, came in. I did, a, I built a lot of models and that sort of thing uh, growing up and just kind of learning a lot about it. I know when I went in the Air Force, one of my aspirations was to be a fighter pilot. And I remember my father taking me to Robbins Air Force Base down around Macon, Georgia uh, at a testing center down there. And um, after going through a lot of the tests and physicals and that sort of thing, um, I was disqualified because of my eyes. And which was a, which was a sad day for me, mm -hmm. but, um, I had been offered a, an alternative, which I wanted to be a pilot. 
And of course, I sometimes I look back on that that they was going to offer me a navigator school, and I rejected that. I wanted I had pilot in my mind, and uh, being young and 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 not thinking, and so I, I lost that opportunity. But anyways, I flying and always stuck stuck with me, and so um, um, here in the last two or three years, uh, because of my love for for drones and a lot of that time the drones that I flew were all fixed wing type drones. I'd never flown a quadcopter before. And so therefore um, this was relatively new when, when I first got involved with some friends as far as the flying goes. But um, when I found out that, Hey, you could have a business doing flying drones and because of my love for them, um, I was sold right from the bat. And that's kind of high where, my experience came from as far as drones go and just um with other friends that i had that was also interested in that uh, uh sort of hobby at the time uh was what got me interested and they kind of steered me in the direction where that um, you can actually make money money making uh flying drones so that that's kind of kind of <laughs> in a nutshell um, from my experience with the drones and, you know, basically, you know, I grew up around, um, you know, airplanes uh, with my dad, dad's career. And then when I went active duty myself. So in that period between like when you got rejected from becoming a pilot because of your eye, your eyesight, um, what did you do within those years between, um, building like a career, starting a family and eventually ending up doing your drone business? Well, what, uh, as I said, um, you know, went to school, um, and after, um, uh, I, I had probably another year to go, uh, in college, which I didn't finish at East Tennessee State University. And, um, just a few years after that, um, I, uh, had met my wife and uh, we got married uh, a couple of years after. And so that's when I had gone into the Air Force. Um, and so I loved computers was something also that I that I really enjoyed messing with and learning about. And so I took some courses to the University of Maryland um, and um, winded up receiving some degrees there for uh uh, in computer science and on the software side. And, um, so I also had an interest in accounting and where that came from, <laughs> I, I could, I could not, could not explain how that all happened. But anyways, I, I winded up going back to school and, uh, getting an accounting degree and along with the computers, uh, was able to use that in the career field that I chose when I entered the Air Force, which primarily you would know me as a systems accountant, uh, where I actually um, uh, wrote uh, modules for the different accounting systems that the Air Force used. Specifically, my real first project and the one that I put a lot of time into was uh, the Air Force's uh, retirement pay system. So I dealt a lot with that. But um, the 
the family life, of course, you know, we had kids and, you know, just the travel that we had there. And I, as I said, I uh, was going to go after, after I'd been in for my first enlistment, the first four years, I was deciding to get maybe come out and then go into the civilian sector as far as what I did in the Air Force and uh, decided that I would, would stay. And when staying, um, you know, after I hit the 10 year mark, I knew that, hey, um, it was only another 10 years. So I decided to go ahead and go for the 20 and just uh, do the retirement thing. But uh, I was in the Air Force during the Clinton administration and he had uh, a lot of um, base closures that were going on and programs with the early retirement. So I opted to do that. And after getting out, actually just two years short of the 20, although I still draw a retirement, and because of the deal that they had, uh, I didn't lose that much on percentage of what retired pay I would have got, whether I got out at 20 and since I had got out two years old, earlier. But my brother, he had a construction, uh, an insurance adjusting service, and he had contract. He was on his own. He was independent, had his own business. And so he had contracted with um, uh, some major insurance companies and what we, what I started doing after I got out of the Air Force then was uh, I did what we, I was known as what you call a cat adjuster. So we did a lot of catastrophes across the country. And so we did a lot of traveling most of the time. Um, uh, oh, the, the family life there, I, I would never advise for anyone because of the uh, time that you spend out on the road, you know, working catastrophes and and uh, that sort of thing and and the conditions sometimes that you find yourself in are, are horrible but my first catastrophe that i worked with my brother and his company because he needed more people to help him out was at the northridge earthquake that was in uh northridge uh, california um in 1994 and so i spent close to about two years out there my wife she also she worked with the department of defense she was a budget officer and so she would fly out on the weekends and by that time when i was getting close after retirement of course all my kids were out of the house so it was just basically me and the and the wife so um after doing that then um <laughs> that got kind of i guess i won't say boring but you know i i've just I guess I've been one of those people that always was, it was very easy to get involved in something and then, then you see something else and you just want to go try it out. And I was kind of like that after I retired, I, I went from being a cat adjuster to being the uh, tournament director at a golf course uh, for about three or four years. <laughs> and then, uh, from there working with a, uh, one of the major airlines out at, uh, Denver international airport for about another five years. And, uh, finally, uh, after the, the airlines job that I did, um, is when I really just, just uh, really didn't know which which direction that I was was going to go there, but uh, I am an ordained pastor, 
where I did leave, I had failed to, to mention that early on, but uh, back in 73, 74, I was ordained as a Methodist minister, and uh, I still carry my faith very strong, uh, even to this day, and it has a lot to do with where uh, I've come from and where I'm at now, now today, especially um, um, in the business that I'm doing now. But as I said, that after moving all over the place with different jobs and just kind of experimenting with things and seeing what uh, where that passion was, and my passion has always um, been in teaching. Um, even when I was in the Air Force and I was working as a systems accountant, that I also had a training program that I was in charge of, of uh, about uh, 300 plus civilians in order to train them how to do their jobs and how to use the system that we were using at the time. And the, the satisfaction that I would get out of seeing someone grasp and, and succeed at something that I had basically had a part in helping someone do was always uh, well, it's just a blessing to me to, to do that. And that's where a lot of the, my excitement came. But again, moving on after, um, you know, the last kind of job that I was involved with before getting to the drone business, I was just sitting around and, and it, it just seemed like it was something else that I just didn't know what it was, but that there is more out there. And uh, this is when, of course, um, when the friends that I was telling that I hung out with, there was also big mod, uh, RC uh, flyers that um, was talking about the drones. I really thought about it. I, that it was advertised on Facebook, and I would go to Facebook, and I'd look at for about two weeks. I, I looked at this advertisement that was going on with uh, an organization called the Sky Eye Network. And they had this thing called a DCL, which they, they called it uh, the Drone Command Live, where it was a three-day seminar uh, that you could go to and learn how to market and learn about drones and how to, how to really start a business in drones. And so they came to Denver um, about three or four days before they came to Denver. I decided, I'm going to do this. My wife had kind of supported me with it. And, and I was sitting there, but you know, in my head, I'm uh, at this time. I'm I'm in I'm 64 years old, and I'm saying to myself, well, I mean, do I really want to to go through those kind of headaches that a business owner goes through when um, you're establishing a, a business, and and, and and especially at the age where I'm at. So, but I always have had a love also for for the youth. And again, like I said, that all comes in with the teaching, and it was just something in my in in, in my gut, the passion that I have, you know, when it comes to the te teaching part of it. And I actually thought, uh, although this wasn't what was proposed or what was brought out when I went to the three-day seminar, learning about starting a business with drones, but it was something that was always in the back of my head, and, and that was the teaching aspect of this part of with this type of business and um, probably a year 18 months into this once I did make the decision to start a drone business and once I did get everything formulated and established and got through the 
uh, FAA testing and what have you, it was probably about 18 months into the business that the SkyEye Network, which I became a member of, uh, they have over about 900 businesses that are part of the organization. And they are a good resource for information on on uh, what's going on in the drone industry. And they also um, have these monthly seminars that keeps you up to date of what's going on as far as the FAA and rules and regulations and those sort of things. But about 18 months into this organization, being part of this organization, and um, what they did, and they're, prob- they're probably the leading organization out there in the country right now when it comes to uh, certified, licensed, remote pilots as far as for flying drones commercially, is that they came up with a certification program um, for those that aspired to be flight instructors. And so when that happened, that's when it raised everything to the roof for me as far as passion and as far as what I now knew what I really wanted to do. Because uh, a lot of the the uh, meetings that I go that's uh, concerning and connected to my church and my faith that I have, there's a lot of youth that I connect with that uh, really have no career path, has no direction on which what they want to do in life or, um, you know, what, what they, what they want to do as a career. So the first thing really that came to mind when that program, that certification pro came up was that, wow, you know, now I have an opportunity where I can present something to the high schools, to the, even the youth groups, you know, in the churches or, you know, just figuring out ways how to reach uh, those youth that this type of career would really be interesting for and who would really put everything they got into it. And so that's what um, my business and where we're really starting to get traction is on the training aspect of my drone business. Um, we have different specialties that we, we, we kind of work right now in the business, the uh, vertical markets that we, that we, uh, I mean, we won't turn away any kind of job or anything if we're able and have the equipment to do it. And if we don't, then we know someone that does that we can we can always uh, bring into the mix in order to get whatever job needs to get done as far as the drone is concerned. But um, the uh, the big thing is that we we have come we have kind of boiled it down to um, the training is one of our vertical markets, and even though the the uh, people at the Sky Eye Network, they want you to sort of go maybe once a quarter or so, you know, for this kind of thing. But because of my love, again, for teaching and training and, you know, watching people succeed in something, um, the flight instruction, flight instruction part of it is 
is really our main main specialty and our main vertical market in this business, which follows with um, the real estate and follows with uh, construction. But as I said, you know, we um, right now we're looking into, and I have talked with uh, a couple of golf courses already, even to taking uh, aerial videos and photography during uh, large golf tournaments. So that, you know, another type of service that can be introduced that, you know, people may not be aware of. But since we've been in this business and since, um, um, you know, what we've, we've had a lot of fun doing. And then I think that 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 uh, makes the biggest difference in the world is that it's not like it's a business. Well, it's not like a job or anything, but it, it's doing something that I really love. Uh, first of all, and foremost, is flying. Even though um, my my main dream was back in the day when I was younger and all, where I could be that fighter pilot, but I've more or less substituted with something else when it came to the flying part of it. And that's how I got involved with the RCs in the beginning. But now it's uh, it's something that uh, with the flying part, and then the second part is the fact that I can actually train people and help people to um, you know acquire whatever their dreams might be that is connected to flying. I've never been around anyone for that matter, that when it comes to an apparatus or something that you can put in the air and fly and control with a remote control station where that it hasn't grabbed the attentions of those people. And where sometimes after, you know, you've flown that, whatever that mission or flight is where the questions will start to flow for those those people about, you know, how to get involved or how do you do this and, you know, what have you. So it's, it's a, it's a fun, fun kind of what used to be a hobby, which is a now a business, but it's a, it's a lot of fun to do. And, and uh, it, it's, it, it gives me a purpose to get up in the mornings and to, 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 to feel like, you know, I, I have a purpose, but my main purpose is, is primarily using it as a platform to, uh, to to teach and to train specifically young people um, without really any kind of aspirations for anything or no idea of what the kind of career path that you want to go down and to at least introduce something like this and show them and even have them to be a part of my business to show them, you know, just, um, how good this you know could possibly be for them so that's incredible how you are able to kind of combine your two passions in life uh your fa- your fascination with like flying and then your passion for teaching um in the very kind of like beginning of your journey um like when you were in your, you were like in 64 and you're really wanting to pursue this business um what were some of the uh the techniques that you use to like really overcome, um, just like that mental barrier you're like that you, you face because a lot of people, they envision like, if you're going to start a business, you have to be in your like twenties or uh, younger. How did you kind of like break and develop like a good mindset to like go forward and pursue that dream? Man, that is, that is a great question because, uh, Jonathan, um, As I said, right now, we had our second year anniversary in our business here in October of last year. So we're still 
fairly new in this and you know we learn things every day but i know that um you know one of the things that i've always found out and my father kind of always kind of taught us is that you know when you're doing something in life you know whether it entails different uh skills um you know in order to get things done that the best thing to do is use what you have as far as skills and to be the expert on whatever that might be. But when it comes to, for instance, in my case, you know, it's that doing a website. I didn't know anything about a website. I didn't know anything about even what I needed to do in order to form a business. So what I did, I went to the, the experts on that, uh, legal zoom. I actually went to them and, uh, got their expertise as far as, you know, the, the business is concerned. The Sky Eye Network, because of, uh, I mean, the guy who, the founder uh, of that organization, um, he has over 25,000 um, hours of all different types of drones that he's flown and built. And um, gosh, you know, he's an expert for sure. <laughs> So, you know, even they helped me with my website. So I didn't really have to do a lot of anything there when it came to that. But yes, that first year was just like, uh, I mean, there was a lot of frustration when it came to, you know, how am I going to expose this market, just get it out there, you know, uh, in the communities where people can understand because 2017, uh, the FAA had just established in 2016 even a license for the commercial flyer. And so uh, people were still experimenting on what these drones could be used for. We were certainly trying to figure things out. And of course, you know, what, what it boils down to there as far as vertical markets for the drone industry is that it's pretty much of whatever you can create in your mind of what you can do with anything when it comes to aerial photography, aerial videos. And um, the perspective that you get from those kind of aerial shots just amaze people and it makes things even look, the value even in, uh, increased. So um, the frustration, the mental set, uh, I know that there was all kinds of things that we ran into. I know that we had got to a point, there was a point, there, there was a, there was an incident where that I was, um, um, updating my, my computer and it was complete system update, which took about two or three hours. And as I was doing that, to make a long story short, uh, what happened is that after the update had ended and it's asking me to restore my data back from my backup, which had never happened before because usually it would would um, take care of all that itself. But in this case, in trying to restore, you know, I did have a backup. I've learned, uh, you know, just from my days uh, working with the Air Force and uh, those kind of things that we had to do to make sure that, you know, if we lost data, that we had current data that we could restore. And so in doing that, I don't know how it happened, why it happened, but the external drive 
that I had connected to my computer where I had all of my important documents and things that I wanted to make sure were safe was completely erased. And that was probably one of, at the time, one of the worst days of my life. Uh, I had taken it to a, uh, 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 company that pride themselves in recovering information and all and come to find out because of how this stuff was erased and how it was written back over and erased and written back over again. Um, they basically could not have, could not help me. So in so doing what happened was that all of my financial data for my business, my personal important documents, videos, um, photos from jobs that were done were basically lost. And so I know for four days, thereabouts, three or four days, I was a mess. It had physically uh, affected me to a point where I can't remember where I'd been affected so so hard on the, as far as even the physical side of it. Uh, I, I remember it was about three or four days. I didn't even get dressed. I didn't even take a shower. I did, did not care anymore and was on the verge of just saying, calling it quits. And that mental thing that you're talking about. And um, because of the kind of person that I am and because of my faith that I had mentioned earlier, how I'm very strong in my faith, um, I was, my wife was listening to a sermon on TV and I happened to catch it and what the pastor was talking about was uh, about being stuck in life and man I, I really thought that I was stuck in life <laughs> after, after what happened to me it was just like I didn't know which way to go which direction to move or how to even approach what I had to do and what he was talking about came from, and it was a principle that came from Proverbs 23.7. And what 23.7 says, or the principle in Proverbs 23.7 talks about is what a man thinks in his heart, he is. And for some of that thing, that stuck with me every day. I would just say that over what a man thinks in his heart, he is. What a man thinks in his heart, he is. And kept over and over until it just became part of me. And I knew what I wanted to be. And I knew, you know, in the beginning, I had to go back and, 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 and just kind of redefine things for myself on what my real purpose was and what I wanted to do. And then after catching that, then there was another scripture that came about, which was Proverbs 4.23. And what it primarily said was that diligently guard your heart because from the heart springs the issues of life. And I was going to, <laughs> I thought a major issue of life because of what had happened to me. But the only way that I was going to affect that, to change that, was what a man thinketh in his heart, he is. And so it, my, my way of thinking was completely reversed. And so what happened after that 
is that I um, I jumped, uh, I, I got up, start you know being doing the normal, not so much the normal routine things that I normally do, but got cleaned up and everything, got a new mindset. Like I'm going to not let this thing defeat me. I am going to take care of this. And my wife has always been so good um, because of the job that she, her, her career was that she kept hard copies of everything um, that we, as far as the business goes, as far as our personal things go, the only thing she couldn't help me with was the videos and the, uh, the photos. <laughs> but from that, I was able on the personal side and she on the business side to reconstruct our QuickBooks and our Quicken to where that we, what, what turned out with that is that the categories that we had set up, the chart of accounts that we had set up, um, the way that we had posted our stuff that when reconstructing it, we did it, did something new, which was even better than what we had originally. And so uh, it just changed the whole uh, visual of our, of our business to where that it, it's running even more proficient than what it probably would have ran if we had had the old system. And of course the mindset that I got and the lesson that I learned from all of that is, and, and that's what I do when I run into those difficulties you see, I don't see a problem anymore as a problem, but I see it as an opportunity. And that was the biggest change that I had. So, you know, when things come up or when, when those problems that people would call uh, happen, you know, even if it's with a business or trying to market themselves in a certain way or they've got, um, uh, you know, a job that pertains to what we can do to help them, is that 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 is no longer a problem to me, but an opportunity. So the way that I've changed my mindset is to not think of those things in life as problems, but to think of them as uh, those opportunities to to be able to go out that is going to um, to help someone with the situation that they may have or that I might even have. So from that experience, do you think that your you had that moment like when you could have just, you know, kept walling despair, or you could have been like, I'm gonna get back up and get back on the saddle. Do you think that a lot of people, not only just entrepreneurs, but also just life in general, you like the challenges as you say, like they present you with an opportunity or two choices usually. You can either be like woe is me mentality, you're gonna be like okay, good. Bad things happen. I got this. I'm going to learn from it and I'm going to be stronger than I was before. Do you, do you now kind of see that the world, like when you see problems like that? That's kind of, that's the way I do kind of see it. And, um, I tell you that, uh, the only reason why I saw it or see it that way, as far as, as again, you know, as I call it opportunity instead of a problem again, is because of the people that I surround myself around. Um, if it wasn't for the fact that I uh, place myself around successful people or people that just don't let life in general get them down or, 
uh, cause any kind of havoc. Um, I'd probably still be wallowing in that mess right now. <laughs> but because of the, and, that, and I think that that's how, you know, that's where the, the learning and the teaching thing, and I think the passion I have is because of the people that I've been around, uh, the people that I have placed myself, uh, to, you know, to know and to get to know more because of, um, and I, I just think in general that, you know, with, 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 with people in general that, that if they seek out those kinds of people that like myself that, and I'm not just saying myself, but they have been through those experiences that have been able to find that their way in a way that has made their lives better, that there's a lot to be learned. There's a lot to be learned. And I know my, my, uh, my kids, you know, they, they range from fifties, to down to my youngest son is 36. And I know that, um, that I've been blessed with, you know, kids that, you know, listen, not all the time, but the majority of the time that will take, you know, that advice and not go out there and try to recreate will. And that goes along with, you know, setting that mindset, you know, in such a way, because I know my youngest son who is a, business person dealing in a lot of uh, real estate and properties like that, that uh, I, you know, he knew that story and, you know, I can see changes starting to take place in him, which tells me that, gosh, he, he, he's listened to some, some of this and it's going to help him along the way to be able to learn from what dad's experiences were with something that was really, it was major with uh, when it when it came down to it, when you start looking at the financial end of it, and then how are you going to? I mean, these are all taxes and things like that. Which, yeah, sure, you can probably go and request and get these things, but you know the worksheets that came with it and everything. You know, only you had those. So I think it's very important that we we be careful about the company we keep. And that that's really important. I think that that's where, you know, the change can really um, be good, can be bad. So um, since we're kind of like winding down the podcast, um, what would be your advice to people who are, you know, they're retired and, you know, they're kind of just trying to figure out very similar to yourself, like, what am I going to do? Um, and they have like those doubts that, you know, society kind of puts on people. Um, whereas like if you're, you're, you're too old to pursue that dream business or to pursue that hobby, what would be your advice to somebody who's listening right now, uh, who is in your shoes? Uh, my advice would be first to find out within yourself, what are you passionate about? Um, what is it that you would go out and you would do for nothing uh, because of the passion that you had for that thing. And then I think the, the, the second advice that I would give, especially, you know, with, with people that are in that generation that I'm in, and even those that aren't, uh, you as far as in the generation that you're in, Jonathan, and in between. Um, I would say that whatever, when it comes to business, that you look at what it is that you're, you're getting ready 
to to get into or what you feel like is drawing you to it or what you have a passion for for it and look at the end whether or not you can accomplish in your mind the end result of why you're getting into that. Don't do it once you jump into it, trying to figure out how you want to get. And when I say by the end, how to be successful, but sit down and have a roadmap from the beginning to the end of what it is that you want to get involved with or what it is that you're wanting to create that business for and have a purpose for it. And that would probably be my you know, advice. There's been a lot of, uh, businesses that I've gone out and I've tried to start a lot of multi-level marketing type businesses. And because of people that, you know, I care and I hang out with maybe jumping into it and they've talked to me and they've said, it's the best thing since apple pie that you got to do it. You know, don't be so quick to jump and so much to sit down and figure out if there's really a roadmap for you that fits before you start. Because the thing is, is that once you start into that business, you want to be able to know where you're going to go and where you're going to end up in that business. And you can pretty much um, project that, you know, based on whatever it might be and based on what your passions are for it. Because especially in the retirement uh, side of things and going out and trying to establish a business. Um, you just, you, you don't, <laughs> you know, you're going to have those things of life that's going to intervene for sure. And problems, uh, if you want to call them that as what I do, opportunities are going to arise, but, um, you know, make sure to check where your passion is for whatever that is that you get involved. And that's what I would advise that you do by all means is to jump into your passion. I like that. Um, also, um, where can people find you, um, for, if you need uh, to learn, if you say, uh, somebody wants to create, learn, uh, to become a drone pilot, like much, much like me and my brother, we actually took Oren's course and it is absolutely one of the best investments we ever could have made. Oren is a great teacher taking it from uh, firsthand advice. So uh, if you're looking to become a drone pilot, um, Oren's probably the best instructor, probably this side of the Rockies. Um, and also if you're looking for somebody to fly a drone for real estate construction or a golf tournament, you can also find Oren. Um, where can they find you, Oren? Um, first of all, thanks a lot, John, for that. I do appreciate that. Um, what I would recommend is that you could go to our website. Our website is airforceguydroneservices.com, airforceguydroneservices.com. Uh, or just call me. My telephone number, uh, is 303-523-8903, 303-523-8903. And, um, uh, we're we're starting to really market heavily in the uh, the Denver area, uh, so just kind of watch out for those uh, value packs that you get on Wednesdays. <laughs> and um, we're hoping here within the next month that we'll have those out um, to where the, when our next class we are expecting to have our next class in April of this year, 
And right now we haven't set a date or location, but we'll have that all within the next couple of weeks. So um, my website probably would be the best uh, because of uh, that information and uh, contact information will be on it. Okay. Um, so all that, the, the link to the website will be in the description below. Um, any final words before uh, we uh, end this uh, interview? Um, no, the only thing is that uh, I really do appreciate you, Jonathan, uh, for inviting me to, to do this interview. Uh, I do appreciate it. And um, the comments that you made um, uh, on the training that you, that we had the pleasure of you and your brother taking that uh, we really, really do appreciate that. And, and I think the, the happiest thing uh, that I could have got out of that was when you and your brother text me to tell me that you had passed the <laughs> FAA part 107 test that I think I was probably more happier than you guys were, <laughs> but, but thank you so much for, for all of the, um, the accolades and, and, uh, and this has been an honor to do. Yeah. Thank you again. You're the first uh, person I've interviewed for this podcast. So I can't thank you enough. And I also think that your, your journey of how you're able to really create a business that a lot of people, you know, they associate with like youngsters, you're able to do it. And there's no age that um, is too old to start your own dream business. Um, so I'm very inspired um, by your story. And I think a lot of people are too. 